Welcome to the AJP podcast, a podcast that discusses current events, relevant topics, and emerging issues in pharmacy. I'm your host, Carly McMore, and together with my producer, Jared McMore, and the Australian Journal of Pharmacy, we are bringing you a podcast that draws on the opinions and expertise of pharmacists from all settings and experience levels, from those pharmacists who've already been a voice in the profession to those who've never had their voice heard before. We wanted to continue to bring you some podcasts during the coronavirus. These podcasts were pre-recorded and they're not to make light of anything that any pharmacist um, or any other healthcare professional might be experiencing during the coronavirus. I'd like to thank you for your hard work and say that you're all doing a great job and I hope that you're still enjoying the podcasts. So please listen to some pre-recorded podcasts that are new and I hope that you enjoy them. Thanks. Have you ever wondered how to have more assertive and more productive conversations with your patients and with other healthcare professionals. Hear what some other pharmacists are saying about how to be assertive, how to construct your conversation, how to plan your conversation well, and how to improve the chances of having a successful interaction to better communicate your point of view and to better work for the best interest of your patients. I discussed having a plan, a solution, being cautious of tone, and words, involving the patient and accountability, as well as being an advocate for the patient, thinking about the end goal and the best interest of the patient. Pharmacist assertiveness has been an interesting discussion. There's been a lot of talk about how and when, why, why not, um, to deal with um, situations where you're being challenged and where you're being told or instructed to do things even though you don't believe it might be in the best interest of a patient. My question then becomes, yes, it's always great to find the best solution and be aware of certain things. So when we do make a phone call and we do try to challenge a treatment or a course of action, that we do have a plan in place, that we do have a solution in place, that we do have a way of expressing ourselves that doesn't um, bring up some hostility in the other person. So it's tone, it's words, it's solution, it's how you know how you express it, um, and then working towards finding that solution for the patient. I had many discussions with patients where sometimes I would question the course of action, and we've discussed a different course of action or where you're put in a position where I've literally said that this isn't okay and it's not okay for me to dispense it and send them back. I think these are in the best interest of the patients and I feel like it stimulates a, another discussion with their healthcare professional about the best course of action. But I don't believe that you should always be put in a position where you're or feel that you're in a position where you're being told because you are fully accountable for your choices and your decisions. And when it comes down to the defense of, I didn't feel I had an option, or I was told, or I didn't want to upset anybody, then you still have to, you are an advocate for the patient. You are standing up for for their best interest, you are standing up for their health, for their treatment, for their medication, for their side effects. I'm not suggesting to be overly aggressive or to fight every battle because that's also not helpful. Um, not every battle has to be fought 
and sometimes you can just have a discussion with a patient about the best way to move forward and that's okay. But what I would say is pick, yeah, pick your paddles and I would say that always think about that question. If you were in front of a panel of your peers, but not not like your friends that you might have lunch with, like actually being reviewed for your actions and you heard yourself with the reasons why you're defending your actions and why you didn't do something and why something there was an adverse outcome, then make sure it's something that you can live with. Make sure it's something that you're really comfortable with. I say do things with the end goal in mind and I think that causing harm to a patient would be something um, very challenging and unbearable for a lot of people to to live with um, and that ultimately can be the worst outcome for some, some people. Um, injury, loss of life, loss of quality of life. I would say always think about that sentence being surrounded because that's what I think about by a group of people who ask you, why did you do what you did? Why did you not choose another way? Do you think it was the right decision? <laughs> and could you not foresee these consequences? So I would say maybe start by asking yourself those questions um, and then work backwards. And I always think that it's good to do little role plays and things like that if you need to get your confidence up or like I said, even asking people when you speak to them because it also does involve a lot of self-awareness. I think when you speak to people and how you speak to people, um, I hear lots of feedback um, also from the other side about pharmacist interactions and it works both ways sometimes. So I would say always make sure that we are um, that we are representing ourselves and our point in a way that yeah is not derived or trying to incite hostility we're trying to find a solution we're trying to have a discussion we're trying to protect the patient and always bear the end in mind as well lily fam tina blafari and jess sow discuss the importance of using assertiveness to deliver important messages about health not to show who knows more I think being assertive is reasonable and valued in any profession, in any place that you are, but you need to use that as a tool to kind of aid the best patient outcome, to aid, you know, benefit of many people. It can't be assertiveness that I want to prove to someone I'm the best. It can't be like I'm going to show this doctor, I'm going to show this physio that I know what I'm talking about because that's not using assertiveness, that's not using your skills that's trying to show that you're a better profession and that's how you get into that trap of constantly competing with al- other allied health professionals with other health professionals rather you should use your assertiveness to say this is the best patient outcome this is definitely what I think I think the pharmacy field needs to be more comfortable in their opinions and have faith in themselves and back themselves and that's when you need to be direct and say because of what I know I know what I know and because of this I think this needs to be seen I think we also need to be assertiveness in 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 recognizing and in reinstating our scope of practice as well. Um, I think we're 
starting to do that and we're doing it quite well and we need to continue to be doing that as well. Um, the interaction between different health professionals, it's because, I don't want to say it, but like the older generation of those health professionals, the way they think about the other health professional, for example, doctors and pharmacists, it needs change and the way that we're changing that is through the students. So we've partnered up with AMSA, the Australian Medical Student Association, and we're starting from the ground up, building that relationship, saying we can work together like to provide the best patient outcome rather than having a fight over Twitter saying we're better than you because because we are. Um, so I think that's something that we've done as NAPSA to try and change the profession and the health profession as well. Yeah, I think you're already kind of starting to see that shift. I know with the younger doctors that I work with, they're a lot more receptive to um, suggestion than perhaps the more traditional generations are. We, we are starting to see that shift. Um, but it's, it's always good to remain assertive because we do we are a knowledgeable profession and we do need to, to be able to have a voice in that clinical decision-making aspect of everything. The relationship, we, our vision, we'll start with the vision, was that we as students foresaw the future of pharmacy being collaborative um, and we wanted to work with other health professions to be able to... Um, reflect that and project that into the future and so one of the first um I know this was previous a couple of previous boards ago um first projects that they did was they reached out um pharmacy actually reached out to medicine and said hey we'd love to work with you we really want to promote interprofessional relationships and really strengthen that because we're not seeing that collaboration within the workplace being transferred and so that's where it all kind of started um, and so our goals for working with other allied health professions, and we hope that we'd ab be able to work not just with the Medical Student Association, but with other allied health profession associations as well, is that we build that rapport with the other allied health professions at a young age and then have that continue and develop as well throughout their career and hopefully as well having other industry bodies see that and want that to be reflected within their within their uh, bodies as well so you've you've got you know the pharmacy um, pharmaceutical society of Australia you've got the pharmacy guild really really supporting that um, and so it's it's almost kind of like we're shaping the next generation and we're helping pave our way through pharmacy and our own careers through that. Tinu Abraham and Taryn Gill discuss SafeScript and where it fits in with assertiveness, the resources to learn about assertiveness and tips to prepare for the discussion and knowing that you are a clinician. So I think something like SafeScript in Victoria has armed us with, I don't know, something that we can some evidence, I guess, when it mm. comes to pharmacy assertiveness. And the point isn't to go out there and say, 
oh, I found out you've been to the three different pharmacies and three different doctors, go away, you're a bad, bad boy or girl. It's like, okay, so we're about to have a safety conversation. Like we've been able to un- sort of uncover this through this new system um, and let's have a conversation about your safe use of medicines and if you need to then be referred on um, to a pharmacotherapy prescriber, then let's help facilitate that. So, yeah, I think pharmacists generally, especially new regs, um, need a boost of confidence. Um, and perhaps, um, I don't know, even watching YouTube videos of how it can be done and not a lame YouTube video, like one with maybe some real life context around it, um, to just sort of have the words. Same with prescribers. If you're calling a prescriber um, and, you know, I guess we're taught at uni, make sure you have the alternative ready and make sure it's mm-hmm. in stock and, you know, thank them for their time and all the rest of it. But, like, it is a collaborative approach. Um, and so you've got to come up with a solution together often. And um, I guess if you have a prescriber that's having a bad day or maybe that's just their personality, then to, well, firstly, understand it's a job, so don't take it to heart. But secondly, hold people to account if they're being inappropriate. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think following out on that, like being assertive when calling prescribers, that can be really um, challenging as a new reg as well. Um, So just knowing that you are a clinician and you're and you're not just there to just you know I guess put a label. You are needed, and you are you're a clinician as much as the GP or the specialist is, and you're an expert in your field. So, um, being conf- being having knowledge of what you're going to say, having an alternative, being confident in what you're saying, say. Um, and if you're coming from the point of um, from the patient-centered point, if you think if this is my mom, mom, how will I go for this? So I will tell the GP, no, respectfully, this is what I mean. This is why this is the evidence behind this. And if this is my mother, I would fight for this. So mm. this is what I, this is no, not a fight. I would, I would, um, I guess present I my advocate, yeah. present my, yeah, yeah. So if you go in that way, you're more assertive. If you, if you have the knowledge, if you know you're quite, uh, if you know you're right. It's a bit, yeah. You're less non-confident. So if you know there's a, there's a, a potential of you being right, you're like, okay, you have yeah. looked at this, yeah. So having your knowledge helps you a bit to be more assertive, yeah. Yeah. As well, and just yeah, knowing that you're a clinician. So yeah, I've been afraid to speak up. <laughs> Gianna Mills highlights the passive nature of pharmacists compared to other professionals, and that expertise is essential for effectively communicating critical information. I think for some reason inherently pharmacists are a passive, pro- uh, passive profession and I've tried to reflect a lot on why I think that is and I think there's a multitude of reasons but I think we in general need to be more assertive. I think we do quite well with our patients. I think that's our bread and butter. I think when we're educating them or communicating with them we have that power relationship that we're the trained professional and they understand that perhaps we know more than them but I think there's heaps of areas for improvement with pharmacists I know working in multidisciplinary teams quite often um, you'll have someone who has a lot of experience in the medical or surgery um, consultants and they will dismiss what you say because they know you're a young pharmacist for whatever reason and I know that what they're saying is incorrect because we have a guideline backed by all this evidence that says something else I think we need to remember that we are experts in our field and I think we need to use that <laughs> to um, be assertive but be assertive about the right things like is it for is it for patient outcomes is it to protect our patient then yeah go for it if it's that there's 
another group that are putting down the pharmacy profession, I think we can still be assertive in saying that, no, this is within our scope of practice. We can do this, but we need to do it in a way that we don't start arguments and throwing dirt. We need to be mature about it. But as a generalisation, I think pharmacists need to be more assertive. We have a skill set. We're trained in that skill set. We need to be a bit more vocal about letting people know that um, and communicating with them that as well instead of just letting them assume they know what we do or what we don't do or that they know the answer. I try to hold on to the fact that I... I'm a well-trained professional, I know that. Um, I have my university training, I have some experience now. Um, It's not always about jumping up and down and saying this is the right way to do things. I think you can be assertive, you can give your opinion or um, provide some information and ask the person why they're not listening to you or why they want to do something else so perhaps you can get to the root cause of the problem instead perhaps it's that they don't understand that that's part of a pharmacist's role or that's something that you can organize for the patient um or perhaps it is just that they (laughs) have a lot of bias in their experience and they don't want to listen to you and there will always be those people and they're the people that you can continue to jump up jump up and down at that probably won't ever respond but you need to understand that you need the right information to be able to assert yourself, whether that be you're providing clinical educa- clinical information, whether that be you're communicating with someone. Um, just remember your training. Acknowledge your gaps is a huge thing as well. If you don't know, don't go and push something on someone that you don't understand. Let them know you don't know and you can find out. Um, I think, yeah, I just always hold on to that I am a medicines expert. I've got a four-year degree that spent a lot more time on medication than anyone else. Um, so when I'm providing that kind of information, if I don't know it, no one else probably does either, and that's fine as well. Amy Page notes that assertiveness without context is nothing more than aggression. I actually think that the label of assertiveness is overdone. Um, I think a lot of the time when people are talking about being assertive they forget the fact that everybody usually in healthcare comes from the same good place in their heart that they actually genuinely want good health outcomes they might all have different ways of getting there and different views on how to get there but that's a strength because we can help work out better ways forward um I'm not actually sure that being assertive per se or assertive for the sake of being assertive is particularly productive because the way it's often done in practice comes across as aggressive rather than assertive. And I think a lot of the time just by talking through the issues we can actually come to a common understanding for a lot of these things and find that we actually share more ground than we don't. Chris Freeman relates a specific case where a patient died from a medication error and why this highlights the importance of empowering pharmacists. Just reflecting on the coroner's case, which often has stimulated questions like this, where you have had a pharmacist who has picked up a a very uh, important 
problem, which in that particular case had was uh, you know uh, resulted in uh, the death of a patient, uh, where they felt disempowered to actually follow through on what they knew was right. Um, and so we've got a task to empower pharmacists to have a greater role around medicine safety. Uh, recently we released our medicine safety report uh, and that shows that you know a quarter of a million people are being admitted to hospital each year for medicine-related problems. Another 400,000 are presenting to emergency departments because of medicine-related problems. We have people who are experiencing high rates of adverse effects in the primary care setting uh, over a short period of time because of medicines. And I, we think one of the ways to um, start to uh, reverse that trend, so to speak, is to empower pharmacists to do more, to have greater responsibility and accountability for medicine safety, and so that when a pharmacist is presenting, presented with, say, a prescription which they believe to be uh, dangerous, that they feel empowered and have the authority, which they currently do, but be empowered to use it, um, to, to decline um, supplying that medicine under safety reasons. And that requires recognition not only within the pharmacy profession, but also legislators, policymakers, and other health professionals, including general practitioners, to uh, realise that the pharmacist is expert in medicines and therefore we should be uh, um, respected when our opinion is given around safety issues with medications. So empowerment is really important, um, but we can't just say to people, feel empowered. Uh, you are now empowered to do things. We've actually provided them with uh, resources and tools to do that. Um, and so, for example, if that pharmacist who was involved in that coroner's case had a support network which he or she could um, rely on to say, I think this do you feel as though I'm right in doing that, then that, I think, would have gone a long way in providing um, support for that person to actually follow through on what they felt was the right thing to do. Christy Lee Rigby discusses the difficulty in being assertive with clients without becoming rude or unprofessional and learning from what doesn't work. Well, it's hard <laughs> to know when to do it well. Um, I think... It's hard because sometimes um, if you're faced with a patient that might be um, a little bit frustrated or aggressive and um, or you need to decline a medication for them, um, it can be hard to have those conversations um, and you need to not let your emotions rule how you speak or how you act and your body language. So important to try and keep you cool and think before you speak. So um, I haven't always done this well and I'm probably there's going to be times when I don't do it well um but reflecting on situations that you have been in and think oh how could I have done that differently how could I have done that better um and learning from those experiences and and changing the way you act um next time but there's certainly a time and place where sometimes you do need to be a bit assertive um so yeah but practice kind of makes perfect so (laughs) Um, at the end of the day, um, just yeah, making sure that you don't let your emotions rule, rule yourself um, and just have a think before you speak. Lauren Burton addresses the natural tension between being a risk-averse profession and the need to be assertive when it matters. Yeah, so assertiveness, um, so for anyone who knows me, assertiveness has never been a problem uh, and it's actually been a barrier. Um, and so I have to actively consider this 
this thing called assertiveness quite often. But I think um, in pharmacy, we often also need to consider uh, how, if we're risk averse. So um, I think that pharmacists are very um, in, by nature of our training. We are we are trained that if you make a mistake, it could potentially kill someone. And I think we attract a particular type of personality that really likes working in an environment where there's a detail focus. And so in our continued strive for perfection, we find it difficult to feel like we've crossed a threshold of knowledge and information and experience through which we feel empowered by to actively move forward and do something. So I find that really fascinating as I reflect on the, on, my, on the people I interact with within pharmacy. And if you start to stereotype the typical pharmacist, um, I think that we, a large majority of us fall into that category. And so what I feel really strongly about being the ECP board director and in supporting my ECP network is that we continue to have um, to break down any barriers and perceptions about um, what you need to have personally to to do a particular role. And now I'm talking about um, getting engaged outside of the workplace, getting involved in committees, whether it be you know, a chronic disease committee that typically has doctors and nurses and putting a hand up there where you've got an opportunity, um, getting on, in bo- on board and um, you know any local government um, committees or, or groups and getting involved in that space, coming and joining the PSA uh, army and, and getting involved in all the initiatives we're doing. Um, we, we really need to to break down some barriers, but we also need to ensure that we clearly articulate um, what the expectation is so that pharmacists feel okay about uh, taking on those challenges. Um, in the workplace, um, I think um, we we appreciate the circumstances that we're often engaging with patients and colleagues. We know that people are time poor and we're very um, uh, uh, con- considerate of that. And so I think sometimes that has an impact on pharmacists' ability to be assertive. I think often we, we are so considerate um, that we're, we, we aren't able to have that really active and forward conversation that we need to have sometimes. Um, and, and people are busy. And, and you, that takes a lot of energy for people, especially if assertiveness doesn't come naturally. It's an active process. And so when you're working a 10-hour day and you've got – scripts piling over and you're managing your team to rally yourself when assertiveness isn't natural to have an assertive conversation with a patient it can be a big deal and I think that I would really encourage um, young pharmacists and early career pharmacists out there to engage in any opportunity that they can in in a safe environment to test that out and, and gain some confidence and build new skills we hear the term soft skills and I think assertiveness falls into that soft skill category um, but it, it's really about how you are able to deliver and execute um, your services and your contribution to medicines management I think is that soft skill space and um, you know coming and joining a committee practicing public speaking doing it in a, an environment like the ECP working groups I have personally found really helpful not that I needed to optimize my assertiveness <laughs> But um, yeah, it's 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 an important consideration moving forward. I think universities also need to think about how we support pharmacists to be assertive and to empower them, and and for them to have confidence in their abilities and their knowledge to to interact um, with patients and health professionals. David Heffernan highlights that the safety of the patient must come first. Being assertive in communicating your concerns is your responsibility to the public. Look, I think every pharmacist experiences 
um, some quite, I mean, I mean a, 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 an episode of rudeness or arrogance from a GP when that happens. And, 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 if, and not only GPs, but probably even other work colleagues. And I think, you know, this is something that needs to be embedded into um, our younger pharmacists as they're learning, that it, it's still the patient who comes first. It's the public who you are accountable to. And you, you are in a position of power, and, but you're put there with that power. You're given that position by the public and therefore you're accountable to them. You're not accountable to the doctor. You're accountable to the public. So the patient's interests come first. And so if you don't think that that is right, then you you assert that. And you, you do not hide away from it or, you know, and, and you need to be able to stand up to it. And sometimes people can agree to disagree. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes you have to tell a patient that, I don't agree with this. The doctor will say, oh, I do, and say, sorry, and you just leave it at that. Um, so, you know, I know there are some cases of, uh, you're probably referring to the methotrexate death, and it, it did appear that there may have been an issue with the assertiveness of the health professional. Um, as tragic that was, I think that serves, has served our industry as a reminder of your professional responsibility. And, you know, because a doctor yells at you or if someone else pressures you, it's the patient that you're responsible for and 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 that's got to come first. That's, the, that's your professional obligation. And otherwise, if you just get told what to do, you may as well have a robot doing it and not not a human because you've taken the professional out of out of you and you are just an administrator and and that's not a pharmacist pharmacists are professionals Steve Morris discusses how this is an issue for the profession and how to support the skill that there is a balance of technical knowledge and how this is communicated as well as the impact on pharmacists prescribing so I'll, t- I'll take the between I mean yeah, when I've, I've worked in outside of pharmacy, um, in, working with other professional groups, and when you kind of deal in that situation, what you realise is how uh, lacking in assertiveness some pharmacists are. And I think it's a big issue for the profession going forward because it's not only the technical detail you might know within your professional group, but how do you both advocate and interact with the health care professionals? And often... Uh, you can argue that it's partly which particular personality types choose pharmacists and would argue that. It's a how do we increasingly support our pharmacists from undergraduate to postgraduate to be, um, to be more assertive, to, to have real confidence in the knowledge that they have in terms of the, the ideas, the thoughts and their expertise because you can have as much knowledge as you could have in the world if you don't actually assert and make your point in a, in, a, in a robust, meaningful manner, then having that technical knowledge almost becomes meaningless. Yeah, well, I suppose I, did, I didn't say it's probably it's a, it's a component of being a healthcare professional. And my observation um, in working in many spheres is often when you observe pharmacists compared to other health professionals, is there is a real distinction in terms of that level of assertiveness. Yeah, look at my experience in the UK, which kind of said it 
demonstrated to be was that when pharmacists moved from advising on prescribing to prescribing, the act of prescribing was actually very difficult for a lot of pharmacists. So even though we trained a lot of people to prescribe and we looked at the numbers, hardly anybody was prescribing. So in some, some essences, um, pharmacists find, find it more comfortable to say to a doctor, I think you prescribe X, and I've no, 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 um, no difficulty in doing that without actually committing the act of prescribing themselves and dealing in real terms with clinical uncertainty, lots of pharmacists found problematic. How did they overcome it? Oh, just through training and support and mentorship. Um, so we're talking a significant period of time ago now in the UK when pharmacist prescribing first evolved. But it was, it was that it's, it's a, the profession working in a different sphere and that kind of acknowledgement that advising other clinicians what to do in the paradigm of clinical uncertainty is a different mind step from actually doing it yourself. But more, I actually had a conversation with a pharmacist this week who was saying, I don't feel the need for pharmacists in Australia to prescribe because when I, and this is a person who's working in a GP clinic, so, he, so when I identify something that needs to be done, I contact the prescriber and I, I let them know and they'll do the prescribing for me. And I said to them, um, realistically, a health profession needs to be able to take responsibility for what they feel is the right actions. And if you're going to make those kind of recommendations and the doctor follows through on that and something goes wrong, you've actually put yourself in a position where you don't have any real clinical responsibility for that decision, even though you've heavily influenced it, potentially. Um, and they still didn't see that the pharmacist prescribing would, would give that level of clinical responsibility as well as autonomy. And that, while that's not a reason to say that prescribing should happen, no. it is something that would... Um, need to be taken on by pharmacists is to get away from that yeah. well I'll just get somebody else to do it I think it just outlines you know, that issue around that true account- accountability in, in arenas of clinical uncertainty yeah, irrespective of the rights and wrongs of pharmacists prescribing that's, that's actually a separate issue but it's about taking that full accountability and then asserting your professional viewpoint about the situation because you could argue if you're not asserting your clinical viewpoint then you're really not behaving as a full healthcare professional We hope you have enjoyed this episode of the AJP podcast. If you have any comments, questions or suggestions about this episode, please visit the AJP forum at ajp.com.au and join the conversation. If you have any suggestions for future topics or would like to participate in the podcast, please send an email to ajppodcast at appco.com.au or follow us on Twitter at AJP podcast.